0: We are so lucky to have from Hamilton County, the school superintendent, and we appreciate him coming on. Just honest, open, Dr. Justin Robertson, welcome to the show. You're welcome to text in, call. If not, I'm going for it. (laughs) This year's State of the System address, you said the system is not my system. I thought this was great. This is our community school system. You said that openly, and it's right. Come on, people. This is something we all have to be concerned about.
1: Yeah, I think the context of talking about that was uh, talking about parents' perception of their school. And what we know and see is that, you know, over 85% of parents think their school is doing a great job and think their kid's getting a good education. What they don't trust is the system, right? And large systems are hard to trust. And so we're trying to make the point of, you know, this isn't my system, this isn't any individual system, but we want it to be the community system.
2: If you have like not
1: kids in school, obviously you're affected by this. Right, right. And so, uh, you know, the mayor said at the very beginning uh, that our education system is connected to the economy of Hamilton County and connected to everything in Hamilton County. And so I thought that was a really great way to start off the night. Some of the people running for
0: school board, I would really love to see a lot more parental involvement. We've been saying this forever. Uh, This person says, I want to delve into the school system's $600 million budget. I'm not going to... Delve away. I'm going to engage the community by having regularly scheduled town hall meetings. Well, the superintendent does that already. So these are good ideas. Right here, right now. This person says, I'm going to engage... I thought this was the best comment. I'm going to engage with local business, understand what their employment requirements are going to be in the next three to five years and make sure that our graduating seniors are prepared. I thought that of all the people running, that was one of the, the, the statements that stood out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that what we've tried to do with future ready institutes, and even if you look at our portrait of a graduate, what we've done is engage businesses to say, what is it that you want from graduates? So when you look at our portrait of a graduate, there's one indicator that says academically thriving, but the other ones say things like solutions oriented, effective communicators, and that's what employers are wanting. And we didn't come up with that on our own. It's us listening to our partners in future ready institutes listening to our partners uh, across the community of saying, what is it that we need to produce from Hamilton County schools? What, what we're pushing for, and I think you'll see even more of this when gateway opens is getting kids before they leave high school, work-based learning opportunities and also pre-apprenticeships. But we can't forget about the kids also that are going to four year colleges. Uh, and so it's this balance of, helping the workforce, but also providing opportunities for each and every kid. Did
2: we get off track for a while just in education in general, across the country and saying, let's get every kid in college?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that yeah, was yeah, not
2: that's... that was round peg, square hole, I think.
1: We, we have a tendency in education to swing really hard in different directions. Sure. And so, yes, we, we have swung really hard uh, early 2000s, mid-2000s, of saying every kid is going to a four-year school. That that is great, and we need to press that. We need more kids going to college, but we also know that uh, th- there are some kids that that's not their gig, and they want to go and, and work uh, right out of the bat. We had two kids that graduated from Howard High School last year that went to um, the lineman school uh, yeah. down in Georgia, in, in Trenton. Hill. Yeah, in Trenton, yeah. and oh, uh, sorry. you know they just graduated, and they were actually going to work on Monday, uh, and so they're. You know, about six months out of high school, now they have a skill that they can go work for EPB, they can go work for Comcast, a bunch of different people that need that skill. And so we need to balance and show how those actually go together, four-year college and workforce development.
0: Once again, you're listening to uh, Hamilton County School Superintendent, Dr. Justin Robertson. Do you want to call? 267-1023. Text? I mean, this usually happens when you leave. Dr. (laughs) Robertson, everybody... I want to talk to him. I want to ask him this question. Last year, Governor Lee proposed a bill that would uh, raise wages for educators. Apparently not soon enough, according to some people on the Hamilton County School Board, by 2026. Um, they want to do it now. They say some of these teachers really hurting, and it's tough for them to make a
1: living. Yeah, so the governor's plan is about 2026 to get uh every teacher up to at least $50,000. And we have a plan to do that by next year, like by 2025. And so over the next 18 months, our plan is to get to that. Right now, uh, if you come out of school, you've got a bachelor's degree, uh, we're right around 45-3, right? And so over the next 18 months, plan to get that up to uh, 50. And then of course, we need to increase wages also for, for teachers, for administrators uh, across the board.
0: This person says, and I was just going to ask this next question, are we experiencing a teacher shortage? What I was looking at, it seems 10 years seems to be the time that we lose a lot of teachers. Why is that? Why is that decade that we lose some of the teachers?
1: I've not seen that data. So if you're, you're seeing that somewhere, shoot, shoot maybe, it to maybe me. Maybe I was um, wrong.
0: Maybe, maybe not. What? Was
1: there something about 10 years? We haven't seen that. We've been really intentional about the first three years and and what we've seen since 2015. In 2015, we had a retention rate of 84%. This past year, we had a retention rate of 88%. And so we are working diligently, not just to recruit the best talent, but also to retain the best talent. So and maybe it's been over showing. the
0: past ten years,
1: but it's increased.
0: It's increased.
1: And so it's easier to retain
0: than recruit, right?
2: right?
1: You've already got people in your building, right?
2: If I own the you know the screen door shop, and I've already got someone in my building. That's a heck of a lot easier
1: than
0: finding a new customer. Is there, is there a teacher shortage that you're seeing right yeah, now? Yeah, across the lot?
1: board, across the nation. I think it hasn't hit us as hard as it has some other areas. Like really think about Metro Nashville. Metro Nashville Metro Memphis. struggled at the beginning of, of last year. Uh, we've we've consistently started out the year above 95%. I think this year we started out somewhere around 90 per, 96% in terms of field position. Hmm. Now, that doesn't mean classrooms are sitting there without teacher. It just means that uh, (laughs) we've got some some positions. And a lot of the places that we're having hard times are are specialty positions. For example, exceptional education. There is a huge shortage of exceptional education teachers. And so that's a place where um, we put a lot of emphasis. We also see in career and technical education that um, we're struggling to find those teachers. One exciting thing that just came out is we were just uh, notified that we are accredited as an EPP, meaning that we can train our own CTE teachers. So if we have a plumber that comes in that wants to get a teaching license in-house, we can actually help that person Hmm. get a teaching license.
0: Hey, James, good to have you on the show. You're on with the superintendent.
3: Hey, good morning. Uh, Good morning, Justin. This is James Walker. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Man, are you going to give me a hard time? (laughs) <laughs> no hard time at all. I, I believe in what you're doing. I had the honor of being able to uh, be part of that selection process when you came on board. I'm proud to have a community person be in that seat. I agree. Um, I think I, I think what um, what I think the community and the current school board members and, and any new school board members that are going to be coming on, I think we're in my opinion where we can help the school system out the best is dig into some of these federal programs that have their hooks in us some of the state programs that have our, their hooks in us and what all is tied within those programs or grants or funds, uh, well-intentioned, well-meaning, but we may have some that's been holding on for 10 years or 20 years that we really could just find a way to do away with some of those and really drill back down on the education. Um, and, uh, and I love all the future ready, uh, moves that we've made over the last few years and and again maybe this is more common i don't i don't expect you to maybe say anything about that but just all right, some of it, the federal grants and things that that we're just tied into we James, need to thank, take that off your plate
1: all
0: right thank you very much let's get a response
1: yeah first of all uh, mr walker appreciate service that he he gave to us on the school board and he's just a big community advocate i think that we've got to be um, intentional about looking at those things when we say federal dollars there's a lot of misunderstanding but federal dollars help us feed kids Um, federal dollars make sure that we're able to educate our students with disabilities the way that we should Um, now there are some state things that that i would love for us to dig into i mean i think this comes up with vouchers right we have a ton of accountability Uh, we hear a lot about all the testing that um, students have to do and and that's something that i that in, in the voucher program, that's under debate right now or if if mm-hmm. we have voucher programs and kid goes to private school, do they have to do the same tests and have the learning measures mm-hmm. and accountability that, that we do and that's something that at state level, I definitely think we should dig into
0: speaking of uh, the state and federal edicts, why are some district superintendents using do not suspend edicts when suspension is the only resource available for discipline?
1: Yeah, I don't know of any superintendent that's doing that. I, I meet uh, almost on a monthly basis with all the southeast uh, Tennessee superintendents, and I've not heard any of them saying that. I think that what people misunderstand, there's a lot of misunderstanding around zero tolerance, right? If a kid has a yes. zero tolerance offense, yeah. that doesn't mean that they're actually going to be out of a educational setting for 180 days. What it means is they'll go before a disciplinary hearing authority, Um, And it depends on a lot of factors of whether that kid will be, you know, in an alternative setting, whether the kid will be out of school for 100 days, 30 days. And so it's much more complex and individualized than just saying, you know, a kid's going to be out for 180 days. This
0: person, I would like to see teachers with more classroom experience instead of more college.
1: Yeah, we will take teachers with classroom experience and college. Uh, How do you get that
0: experience again?
2: We were all we were all yeah. freshmen yeah. at one point, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I, rookies. I look back at my first year of teaching and kind of laugh at myself. So, mm-hmm. um, it. But but again, we're doing a good job of recruiting and retaining at both ends, the front end and the back end. Uh,
0: this question, and I know we're running out of time. Support staff increases, especially those of us who were hired to do one job, were given responsibilities to do two or three additional jobs. That's. Uh, I guess it's the same everywhere.
1: Right. And and again, we've been aggressive with classified staff. We got to $15 an hour last budget two years before we thought. And we're continuing to work on both teachers, administrators, cafeteria workers, bus drivers. They all need to be paid more. Ton of response. What's your schedule look like? I'm here till 845. I
0: think. <laughs> all right, buddy. We're back after this. Here's sports. Find out how to improve your home
2: by going to armorexteriors.com armorexteriors.com
0: Call Steve, Steve is the man at armorexteriors.com All right, it's so good to have Dr. Justin Robertson on with us, the Hamilton County School Superintendent. We'll, we'll get your request next time for bumper music. What
2: did you
1: like? <laughs> what kind of music do you like? I'm telling cuz you played it last time. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I, do that. That. <laughs> I do remember that. I do I can't remember
0: the song. Darn it. All right, so you got it's hard to believe less than 3 months. What grade would you give your performance the Uh teacher's performance
1: the whole system this year so teachers i would give an a staff i would give an a um i think as as a system i would always give uh lower than probably what we've actually achieved because i think it's important that we recognize we've always got to do better we've hit a lot of big milestones um you know we talked to the talked about this last week in 2015 we were in the bottom third for academic growth now we're in the top third we were only outpacing the state by in two academic categories now we're outpacing 22 out of 28 and so we're doing a lot of great things but we've got to continue to get better um i think personally probably give myself lower than than that uh you know two years into this which because we're grading on the curve right? yeah grading oh, on the curve gotcha. uh, Two years into this, which seems crazy, and it's a really complex job. And, you know, I've got a lot to learn. I've got a great, incredible people around me that make me look a lot better than I am. I don't know. I, I
0: This person says it's so great to have you on the show. I agree with that. And, and we did miss Tim James'
1: birthday the other day, so. You don't don't wish him a happy birthday. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. That's great.
0: 267 We got about uh, – about Five more minutes if you'd like to join us. One of the most disturbing things that I come in every day when I'm putting the newscast together, another student calls in a bomb threat. I mean, uh, is this going to be – What's going on in East Hamilton Middle? But, I mean, come on. But is this going to be a high priority coming back when you address schools? Principals need yeah. to say, look, kids, this is this is we, no laughing matter.
1: We have been, and we've sent out messaging to parents saying, look, your kid – like." This is going to be taken serious. Law enforcement's taking it serious. Punishments at school, punishments with law enforcement. Uh, Unfortunately, these things tend to happen together. Uh, Someone was telling me back in the day the media didn't actually put out bomb threats because they were afraid that it would encourage people to do it more. And so um, it's something that we're pushing into. What what I – i don 't know how much we can control a thirteen year old from putting something silly on social media. What we can control uh, is the Parents way it 's being respond. responsible probably well i mean that that's that 's for the judicial system to figure out, but I mean what we can do is how we respond what i told I actually met with teachers at East Hamilton last week had a lot of good uh, conversations they have had concerns with some of the ways that we handled uh, the recent situations at East Hamilton we we learned some things from them that we're going to adjust but what what I told them and what I tell everybody is let's go through all the things that we've done around school safety the last 40 years right Increased on the front end, uh, student belonging. We believe that uh, if we connect with kids, that is a student safety move. So, having more counselors, more social workers help, helps us keep kids safe, helps us recognize if a kid's struggling, if there's mental health issues there. And so, on that front end, we've done a lot there. On the back end, in terms of like hardening entrances, uh, you know, putting more cameras in place, we have armed personnel. Uh, in every school, and we did that before last spring when the, when this really came home to Tennessee. And so mm-hmm. we've been very proactive uh, about putting student safety first. Sheriff's office really good to work with. They've committed to increasing SROs. They're responsive. Um, they put their resources towards trying to find uh, a kid that put something on social media. But what I've got to tell, like, tell the public, and this isn't CSI, like. <laughs> It's not. I mean, it takes a lot of resources to track down something that's put on social media yeah. from an anonymous account. It's not all so, done in less than an hour,
0: like most TV shows. Yeah. Not to offend anyone, but I feel like inclusion classrooms are not working. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about.
1: So what he's talking about, uh, inclusion classrooms, is you, you want to put students with disabilities in the least restrictive environments. And we want to look at their placement what I would say is backwards from what we used to. We used to think about let's put them in special ed and then figure out where we can fit them into a regular classroom when, when I think we actually need to do it the opposite of think general ed setting and then where do they need support supports beyond that. Now what what I will say to um the, the person that texted in is there are often times where we're putting kids in a general ed setting when it's not the appropriate place. PE class with a lot of noise, a lot of commotion uh, for a lot of students that, uh, you know, have disabilities, that may be overstimulating for them. Mm -hmm. They may not need to be in that setting. So we've got to look at it from an individual perspective um, and make those decisions individually.
0: All right. I I mean, I just think you're so honest. Uh, You're you're just... So straightforward when it comes to look, you see problems and you know they need fixing. I mean, which is which is yeah. the
2: best way to run a system. You're straightforward, but as a superintendent, you'll get over that eventually. <laughs> I
1: have I, young and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're half right. You uh, been the half. Let's, <laughs> maybe it's the old
0: man talking, but I graduated from high school fifty years ago, and the only time we had police officers in school was when they were undercover. Trying to buy dope, <laughs> society is just is just degenerating. So uh, I just I, I thought the same thing in the fact that you go, yeah, we have
2: armed police. And I go, wow, that's times but, times. I, of you know, I'll, I'll
1: say this, and it's probably going to make some of the listeners mad, but we love to talk about back in the day, like back in the day yeah. when
0: yeah, my grandparents
1: right. were school, and back in the day that was good for some people, like that was good for my granddad. But we also had segregated schools back <laughs> then, and we weren't serving students furthest from opportunity well back then. Yeah, back in the day wasn't perfect. Back in the day was not good for everybody. It was good for some people. Final
0: thing, are the percentage of special needs students going up or down over the past 10 years?
1: It's going up. I think we're sitting right about 14% uh, if, if I'm... Don't, don't quote me wow, on that, huh? but I think right about 14% of our, our students have really? some type of disability. Huh.
0: That's what they were asking. What percentage of kids in the school have one or more diagnosed disabilities? So
1: wow. I, again, is that a, don't is that a quote high me number? off the top of my head, 14%. I, I don't think that it's high from a national perspective, but really? I think what you've seen nationally is, if you think about over the past 10 years, is that number has continued to increase.
0: Dr. Robertson, thank you. We, I, I know you have to leave at 8.45. We're getting you out of here. We, I know you wanted it? to hear his. What time uh, is it? Did he like disco? What did he like? I man? can't remember. It's 8.45. You can't remember the song that he liked? No. Just help us it. out, Dr. Robertson.
1: I'll tell you off air. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Buddy, thank you. And we just respect you very much. And um, thank you for all you do. Yeah, for I appreciate
1: this. the platform and the opportunity.
0: That's great. All right. Here's Jr.